0: Welcome back. It's your host Rob Morris. You listen to the Resonance Podcast. Segment two. Alright, so we're gonna wrap this up um, with talking about the main high school playoff results, which um pretty much happened throughout the week. Um, we're gonna start off with class double A. Um, like I said this is this is some good these teams are pretty good over overall throughout the whole bracket I looked at a lot of those teams they all you know they had like four or five losses some some teams were undefeated South Portland was undefeated Yorkers undefeated which obviously that's in the class uh 1A so Maine has got a, a good pool of talent I mean looking at all the the, the results of or really, I've just watched a lot of film the past weeks, which which I'll get into uh, these next couple weeks, with all these uh, uh, upcoming tournaments throughout the states, you know, the New England states. Obviously, the main one sticks out to me is one, one of the more talented, well-rounded, you know, pools of teams and players. So, obviously, Connecticut's number one. Then you have Massachusetts, And Maine, I think, would be number three. I mean, I probably would have never said that starting out. I never would have thought Maine would be really rich in basketball talent. But, you know, they have, you know, a a good amount of prep schools out there as well. You got your, uh, you got your Brigston Academy. You got your, uh, I can go on and on about it, but we'll just focus more on the, more on the just the public ranks. Because these tournaments have definitely been competitive. And let's just start with Class AA. And the first game, the first semifinal, um, basically, is going to be against Thornton Academy and against South Portland. South Portland is undefeated. I watched a few of their games. They're a very talented team. Probably the the biggest thing about South Portland and why they're undefeated this year is their size. They have great size and length all around. They have a believe that pretty much their starting lineup is six three and above, or six three or below. Like so, they're like they're like their size is well rounded. And I just had a few notes on them. I'm just trying to find it, but I would say with South Portland, the biggest thing with South Portland is their size and their defensive length all around the, the kid that probably impressed me the most watching film on him is uh is Pamba Pamba um which i believe he's I believe he's african descent i don't know exactly where in africa he's from but he's, but the kid is is very talented two way player um pretty good shooter pretty good slasher and his defense is pretty much like he's one of the best defenders in the state i think like he's just one of the better athletes in the state. So really they used him as well as guys like Ryan Bowles and Jeremy Baez as guys that can kinda, you know, give you obviously they're a defensive first team and they kind of do a lot of different things. Like they kind of have like a one three one trap in defense where they kind of like they will they'll, they'll trap guys, particularly, you know, when you're at Maybe at the, 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 the 26, 20-foot 20 point of, on the court. Uh, tw- 26, 28-foot, you know, right by the, where the logo is, the center logo. Like, they like to trap guys on those wings. So they're, they're, it's really unique type of defense that they run. And they like to use their length to get steals and, and get out in transition. That's probably the, the probably what makes them so good is that they get a lot of turnovers. They use their length to their advantage. And they get out and transition, use their athleticism. So that's the reason why they've been undefeated this year. And they definitely was dominating that matchup against Thornton Academy all year long. So it was crazy to see that Thornton Academy was able to win. This was, this game was in overtime. The result was 61 to 55. They beat them in OT. And prior to this matchup, they were 0-2 against South Portland. So, for some, for some reason, Thornton Academy was able to figure out what they didn't do in those last two games, was able to put it together in this one when it mattered the most. So, it's a huge win for them. Um, they're 25-3 on the year, Thornton Academy. So, they've had a couple of big wins this year. They beat Edward Little, which we all know. We've seen them. They're in the they're pretty much uh going to be in the other side of the championship bracket so they're playing them in the championship game so they already beat them prior to this championship game coming up then they beat Gorham they beat Nashua North which Nashua North is one of the better teams in New Hampshire they beat Bonnie Eagle so they they've had a, a a they've had a lot of good success against good teams so it was really no surprise they just didn't have any success against South Portland which they were able to you know over the hump but the key players I would say for um Thornton Academy that people aren't even talking about is uh 6'6 Dylan Griffin he came with Dylan Griffin he's got to stay out of foul trouble but if he stays on the floor he gives them good inside production uh Peyton Jones has probably been one of the better scorers for for them all year long um right now he's he's expected to get the the regional tournament. Uh, player you know they, they give out an award for the region that is basically the best player in the region for that tournament and he's going to get that award so he's definitely had a great stretch of scoring the basketball and he's probably their best scorer at 6-3 like both of these guys are juniors so they'll both be back next year so I look for them to be pretty much at this position next year but obviously like I said there's a there's a large pool of talent in Maine so you know, it's, it's still gonna be tough to to get to that spot every year to be able to you know, to get over twenty wins and able to be in a position for, you know, a championship uh state championship every year because there's a lot of good teams in in the state of Maine. I mean, this teams like Bonnie Eagle that won it last year, they weren't able to get to this. they weren't able to even get out of the semifinals or they weren't able to get out of the quarterfinals. And Bonnie Eagle's got a good team, man. They got Zach Matera that's one of the better players in the state. So, yeah, like I said, it's very a very deep uh pool of talent. But, you know, congrats for Thornton Academy. It was a big win against South Portland because South Portland hasn't lost a game all year long. So they were able to get them their first loss of the season. So congrats to them. So that sets up a big game against Edward Little, the Red Eddies. Um, so Edward L- Little, to get here, they beat Daring sixty four to 51, pretty easily beat them by the way and and the biggest thing they were able to do because they're in a uh, team that's very a lot like South Portland. They rely on their defense, they rely on their athleticism. They have a few guys that are you know potential d1 uh, d1 prospects or either d2 prospects. You got Asher, Asker Hassan and Loki Anda. Loki on six 6'5, so he's got good size. And that's been their game all year long. Is really just, you know, having great size and great length on defense. But I think, you know, Edward Little, like, like most teams daring and overpower you with that. Edward Little has similar size. So, and a little bit more deeper. Um, you got Austin Brown. Austin Brown had a matchup against. Husan uh, that he was able to really keep Hassan from really having a big game which he's had a pretty good tournament you know thus far before this game so Austin Brown did a good job of defending him and the uh, Red Eddies you know they rely on John Shea one of their young sophomore big guys he's well over 6'4 6'5 um, pretty pretty wide body guy you know he's pretty stout guy so you know they rely on him. He gets to the free throw line at a high rate. One of the top scorers as a sophomore in in the entire region. So you add him. You got Austin Brown. Then you add you know their role players: Creaser, Nichols. Those guys create you know great opportunities on the outside, shooting threes on the perimeter. So they they, they got a well-rounded team, and they were able to you know easily beat Daring in this one. So they advanced to the championship game in the class double A. So so it's 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 gonna be a nice, you know, a heavyweight match against Herbert, uh, Edward Little and Dorton Academy. Uh we're we're gonna give you the predictions in just a minute, but let me just uh get you the results for the class A semifinals. So for the Class A semifinals, the first one it was Hampton Academy against Coney. Um I don't know if you guys know, but Hampton Academy has a, a stellar player. I think it's my choice to win the uh, Mr. Basketball in the state is Bryce Lazier. Um, I have him rated in the top 100. I have him rated, I believe, 91 or 92 on that list. So I'm really high on Bryce Lazier. Um, I don't know if he's a D1 prospect. I think he'll probably be laying on a D2 school somewhere. But he's a he's an outstanding shooter shoots the ball well just overall great scorer. and then they also have a big guy uh TJ Hendrigan um he's he stands at 670 he's he's a, he's a sophomore so he's still young so yeah those two guys they've been really really having a great year you know relying on those guys and they've been you know those two guys have carried them all year long so and it's definitely resulted in you know a big win against Coney in the semifinals. And they've only lost one game this year. Hamptons had an outstanding season. And then you go you go with the second matchup. You have York against Falmouth. York easily be Falmouth in this one. Brady Brady Cummins. Um he's he's a junior, but I think this kid has a chance to be a D one prospect. Um, he stands at six four. He plays the guard position, which, you know, sometimes at this level, usually that's like a center at this level. But he can easily play the, the either the guard or forward position or the small forward position on his team. Um, does it all? Rebounds, scores. He could shoot the ball. He's a very good slasher. Seen him dunk a few times in, in the footage I've seen him in. So. They rely on him, and they also rely on senior Will McDonald. Um, just found out he was, he's diabetic, so that's a huge story for him, and able to you know play, even though he's going through all those changes outside of basketball. Probably the one guy I, that reminds me, you know, had a similar situation was Adam Morrison. He was diabetic, he had to get shots, uh, Insulin shots, like during the game. I don't know. If this is what this kid has to do. But overall, those two guys, Cummins and McDonald, have been really good. McDonalds, he stands at like six six three, so they're both you know fairly tall guys. They both like to play the guard on the per- they both like to play the guard position, or they're on the perimeter. So overall, I think York is has they got a good team. They got good size. So. You know, with Brady Cummins, I just think it was easy for them to get through Falmouth, and that was an easy win for them because of, you know, his talent. And, you know, all the and they have a lot of other guys, a lot of role players that can help out as well, chipping to really, you know, make them a well-rounded team. So you got – and York is undefeated. They haven't lost a game all year long either. So Hamza's only lost one game. So you got two teams that combined only have one loss in the year for this uh, this championship game in the Class A. So really, I I don't know what's better. I think Class AA has more death, but Class A has more maybe top-end talent. Because like, I think Brady Cummins and Bryce Lazier are guys that could be D1 prospects, especially Cummins. I think Cummins could definitely be D1 prospect. Like He's already at the level of Bryce Lazier as a junior just that talent level. I just I don't know if he's going to be Mr. Basketball. I think that's going to go to Lazier, but he's definitely a kid that just has high-level talent. I just think he has high-level potential. So, so the predictions, I would say, for both of these championship games, which uh, uh, just so you know, the games will be... Um, I don't know the exact times, but I... I do have the date february twenty ninth both of these games will be on I'll probably give it to you on the website probably if you look up on the on the um basically on the high school high school state page for um maine maine and Vermont if you look up that um look on the local tab and then you look you find uh maine and Vermont. Or tier, I think I have it under tier 3. So, Maine and Vermont tier 3 or T3. You should find all the local games for that week. So, I'm going to have both of those games on that page. Along with, obviously, the top 10 rankings. I'll update the rankings in uh, March. I did update them for February already. So, if you haven't seen those yet, you can check it out on the website. Uh, Rimsnets.com, R-I-M-S, double N-E-T-S.com. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on the local tab, and it's, it's on it's in tier three for Vermont and Maine. So you have all your high school um top games and and rankings, and also you have top players as well in the state, all on that one page. So. You should have both of those games on there this week. So look, look for it. I'll have the exact time and date for both of those games. So for right now, I'll just give you some. I'll give you the predictions um, for York and Hampton. I have York win that game because I just think Brady Cummins might have a coming out party. I think he'll show us that he could be that type of talent or D one caliber player. Um, I've seen the footage of him and he looks really good, man. He just looks he definitely looks the part. Um, like to look study a little bit more, more on him, try to see if he does have that ability to be a D one prospect. But I think so far that I've what I looked at so far he has it. And then you obviously have Will McDonald. So they got two they got a nice one two punch. And you got Doran Academy. I just I really didn't know much about him. Um, obviously the guys that I mentioned earlier, I just don't think they're, like I said, they're, they seem like they're a fairly young team. So, you know, they don't have much experience. Like I think York has a little bit more experience than Dorton Academy. They've kind of been at this spot before. And I'm, I think they would want to win States this year and they're motivated to win States this year. So I think York will definitely play at a high level and, That'd be enough to get them the uh the championship win. Um for the next one, uh next championship game, I have I have Edward Little winning that one. I just think Edward Little is just slightly more deeper. Slightly more deeper than uh than uh Oh shoot. I was just, let me just uh fix this because I made a mistake. Saint Thornton Academy. I meant to say Hampton against York. So Thornton Academy is playing against Everett Little. So sorry for the confusion. So, yeah, so I would say... So let's backtrack so we don't get confused here. But, yeah, so York is playing Hampton. I just think, you know, I think it's a good... Listen, Hampton is a great team. You got Bryce Lazier, T.J. Hendrigan. Both of those guys are high-caliber players are going to be playing basketball the next level. So even though this may be a tough game for York to win, I just think in Hampton, they look like the favorite. You know, they've been great all year long. But I think York, like I said, they're kind of the team that's been there before. Like I said, they've been in this spot before. And I just think even even if against a very tough Hampton team, I think they'll find a way to win. But then the next game... We have Thornton Academy against Edward Little. I have Edward Little being Thornton Academy. And reason for that, I would say, like I said, they're slightly more deeper. Austin Brown, John Shea, the big sophomore center. They got a lot of size all around. They got those uh, good pieces of nickels and, and creaser. I just think it's just much more uh, t- offensive talent. There's much more of a deeper team than, than you know, than TA. So I would just say Edward Little, the Red Eddies, they're going to find a way to win. So just to recap, I have Edward Little winning the class, the class AA. I have Edward Little winning the class AA, and I have York winning the class 1A. So we'll see what happens. You know, both games will be on February 29th. If you want the full time and, and date, Uh, Visit my website, uh, rimsandnets.com. Yeah, I'll give you the full date and time of both of those games. Um, If I don't have it in today, probably check back maybe Monday or Tuesday. May not have, you know, the full page updated today. But if I don't have it done today, then it should be up there Monday or Tuesday. So, got a little time. It's the 23rd now. So, I think that's maybe sometime next week that both of those championship games will be played. See, I would say Saturday, I believe, if I'm I'm trying to... Yeah, so I would say Saturday is where both of those games will be played. And that should wrap up, you know, the main portion, at least the top divisions in Maine. Um, Obviously, they have more divisions, but... I'm just focusing on you know high level basketball and high school level so those are the two divisions I felt had the best teams and you know obviously the rankings my rankings show that I do have Caribou is in the top ten because they've been undefeated this year so I maybe can give you the results of that if they win it when the um they win Class B but as far as I know these are the these are the, by far the top teams in the state and we'll, we'll see what the results are next week in my next podcast, which I should have the next pod next Sunday. I should, I'm going to probably keep the recordings on Sunday cause it's been tough for me to kind of record them during the week. So look out for a new pod every Sunday. If not every Sunday, then probably if I listen, if I don't do one at least once a week, then I'll probably do it maybe Wednesday. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to, you know, trying to record it at least every Sunday or every Wednesday. But I'll probably do it mostly every Sunday. So just you know, just if you guys are looking for a time and date to find them, I'd probably say every Sunday is probably your, the best bet to see, you know, a podcast one, at least once a week. If not, maybe, you know, a little bit under two weeks. I don't really go. I'm not going to try to go past two weeks because there's a lot going on right now. It's a lot to, a lot of content to cover right now with, you know, combined with high school, college and, and, and NBA It's a lot going on. So, so you probably see a podcast every single week at this point. All right. So we'll move on to the last part of the show, which is college basketball, particularly locally got a few notes on that um like i said i mentioned early in the show we'll have a bracket buster show so we'll probably get into like maybe the top team top surprise teams teams that could surprise some teams you know because you guys know about all the top teams if you guys you know watch it regularly you know obviously the top teams are usually on espn or sports center and you'll you'll see the highlights of those top teams i not want to get into some mid majors and obviously you know locally we got we always we have we have nothing but mid majors locally I mean besides Boston College a lot of these teams are mid major type teams you got Harvard Yale um URI I would consider them a mid major Providence I would consider somewhat of a mid even though they play in the Big East Providence does play in the Big East so Maybe I might not give them a mid-major major because the Big East is probably one of the better conferences in the entire country this year, so I wouldn't say Providence is a mid-major anymore, but the teams that I just mentioned, Harvard and Yale, are clearly mid-majors. URI is definitely a mid-major, and then we all, ha- we all have all the other lower-level teams that I'm not going to mention. I'm pre- pretty much going to stick with the teams that are having great seasons so far, or Potential NCAA tournament teams, so we'll probably start with the two Ivy League teams that are having, you know, strong years: Harvard and Yale. Um, Harvard had a strong week this week; they now improved to eighteen and seven. They're just two wins away from being a twenty-win team. Um, they just beat Penn and Pen- and Princeton this uh, weekend, so it's good. It's going to come down to Harvard and Yale for uh, for the Ivy League championship. For at least for the regular season, which usually d- dictates who's going to get an NCAA tournament bid, whoever uh, wins that. So if you look at it, it's about four games left for both teams. They got pretty mediocre teams in their conference that they had to play, and then obviously they play each other on March 7th. That's going to be a crucial game. It's going to be in Cambridge, Cambridge, Mass. Uh, it's it's going to be a big game. I mean, that could, that could right there decide who is going to be an NCAA tournament right there. That game probably will decide it. And then the, probably the biggest debate is, probably the biggest debate is even if, right, even if, let's just say, Harvard wins that game or Yale wins that game, do they? If they're both twenty-win teams, do they get an at-large bid? Do th- does Yale or or either Harvard get an at-large bid? Does committee does will the committee, um, reward, you know, both of these teams for having outstanding seasons and get an at-large bid because they had they played against fairly good talent throughout the year in the non-conference schedule. So we all know their conference is pretty fairly weak, but Harvard played a lot of decent teams in non-conference. Yale beat Newark. Um, not beat, but they played North Carolina at North Carolina. That's a, that's a high level. I mean, at the time we thought it was going to be a high level game when he, they scheduled it, but it ended up not being that cause North Carolina had a tough year this year, but nevertheless, it still was a, was a, um, tough game. They weren't able to win that game, but nevertheless, it was a tough game. I think they, uh, I think they beat Clemson though. They did beat Clemson. So that's, that's a very good win. I wouldn't if ACC's had the strongest year this year. So, I remember when they were scheduling these things, they probably thought that ACC would have been stronger than this, and it would have helped their. Um, you know, they have like a ranking for you know their you know conference. I, don't, I think they call it the BPI. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if their BPI would be high enough, or whether the committee will be rewarding of them, because obviously the ACC's had a down year this year, but nevertheless they took care of business and they were able to at least win, I think they had about two or three games in the ACC in that, you know, non-conference schedule, I mean, they competed against North Carolina, I mean, North Carolina athletically is just much more athletic than Yale traditionally, and they get much more better recruits, and they were neck and neck against those guys, even... Even though North Carolina isn't having the best year, you still got to give them credit for competing on the road in the Dean Dome against one of the more talented teams athletically in North Carolina. So I don't know. I mean, I just think they deserve to be up there. They, you know, one of those teams deserves to get um, deserves to get in. You know, get an at-large bid. Even though they could potentially lose or lose out, depending on if they lose the regular season uh, championship, so we'll see what happens. You know that's gonna be a big matchup on March seventh. We'll see if um, who who prevails in that matchup and who can get the automatic bid. But um, and then obviously for the other teams that are been fairly good this year URI uh last week I mentioned that they lost to Dayton lost to Obi OB, OB Topens Dayton's team which I mean no shame in that they're a top Dayton's a top 10 team this year they're having a great season so no shame in losing to them but they did have a bad loss against Davidson which Davidson you know they've had a rough stretch they started out well this year they had a good non-conference um schedule but then they had a rough uh, like I said Big East is one of the best conferences I think in the country so they had a rough go at it in conference play and they racked up a lot of losses but they still was able to beat URI which URI has been pretty good in conference play this year um, URI is about one game away from being a 20-win a team so that was a, that was kind of a bad loss for them I thought they, they should have took care of business beat Davidson I still think You know, when you have guys like uh, LaVangie and and Fats Russell, they should have been enough to overtake Davidson, but it wasn't enough. And it was a close game. They uh, lost to them 77 to 75. And then Vermont, they have 21 wins already on the year. They lost to UMBC, which, you know, UMBC is a pretty decent team. They're not having a good year this year, but they're a pretty decent team. They... Obviously, we know about them. They were in the NCAA tournament, believe if it wasn't last year, I think it was the year before. They were able to upset—I uh, forget who they upset—but they uh, had a first round up, upset that we, you know on the first weekend. So, but they're not a good team this year. Nevertheless, Vermont should have took care of business, and they didn't. So, you know, a couple of the, you know top teams that we're looking at—they in New England—they kind of stumbled this weekend. So, same thing with URI. I still think URI gets in the tournament. Um, Vermont, I think they're they're right in the top of the American East, so they should win it. They should win the regular season pretty easily. We'll see how they do in in their tournament, which I think they should do well in both parts of it. So out of those four teams, I just look at, um, I look at like uh, possibly URI being the most talented overall, but I don't sleep on Yale. I just think Yale's a team that could be somewhat of a bracket buster, but who knows if they'll get in? Who knows if Harvard could beat them? Harvard's still talented in their own right. You know, Bryce Aiken, obviously one of the better scores out there, and then they have other guys. Even though they lost Seth Towns. They have a lot of other guys that are pretty good, so I don't know. So I would just say for those results, I would just say it's gonna be a lot to look out for in the upcoming weeks, especially with that hail, uh, that Yale and Harvard situation. But if, in my opinion, I think, I think I don't know. I think the best thing. I think the best thing, if the, that were to happen, to get if they were to get an at-large bid, one of those teams get an at-large bid. I think the best thing would be Yale to win, went out and win the uh, regular season championship, and get the automatic bid, and then Harvard would probably be the team that where the committee respects the most. You know, because you know, the, they're a team that's been in the tournament a few years now. You know, they've been consistently in the tournament the past couple of years. I think Yale was in it last year, so you know both of those teams they have good uh, they have good reputation of getting into the tournament and doing well in the tournament. So or particularly just being in there consistently year in and year out. So I don't know. I just think it might be a funny year where they might get in. I think my point is is just that there's a lot of you know garbage you know in other conferences. You got the um the the ME the M E A C Conference, which like a lot of those teams are like under just over five hundred. Like the top team is like over five hundred. Or you got the Northeastern Conference, which they all get automatic bids regardless. If they can get into the tournament, why not just give another bid to an Ivy League team that's got twenty wins? So it's just you know, even though they played they played a week Uh, conference schedule they still played against fairly good competition in non-conference even if they weren't able to get the job done with some of those games but like I said I'll make my case more clear in the next pod with that because that's obviously definitely controversial it's definitely an argument to that because they're going to be both of those teams are probably going to be 20 wins this year so and I just think they have the talent to kind of make some noise in the tournament Without a doubt, I think they have the talent to make noise in the tournament. So we'll see what happens. I'm about to wrap this up. About to sit back and watch this Celtic Lakers game. It's just about to start. I hope you guys are doing it as well. So we'll wrap this up for this week. Uh, You're listening to the Rims and S podcast. It's your host, Rob Morris. I'm out. Peace.